Hi, my name is Laura Rand. Welcome to Ms. Rand's Rangers, a grade one class at Pacific Christian School in Victoria, BC, Canada. Welcome to Another Day in God's Story. This is the Every Square Centimeter Podcast, a project of Christian Schools Canada, and we are jubilant to have you join us as we tour this beautiful country we call Canada, celebrating and finding inspiration in the people, places, and practices in and around Christian education. In our last stop on our virtual tour of Canada, we spent time in LA, that's right, Lacombe, Alberta, with Sherry Tenhove, as we learned that Justin and Darren have farm memories that they just can't unsee or unsmell. We learned that the rare occurrence of harvesting in the snow is a small price to pay for living under the big, beautiful prairie skies. We learned some great educational recommendations for teaching new readers. We learned how Sherry's deep hope involves introducing students to God's big story. How a Waltersdorf quote inspired Sherry to invite her kindergarten students to seek out ways to actively live God's dream. And we learned that engaging in real work that meets real needs for real people is not a substitution for academic rigor. It was our pleasure visiting with Sherry and talking about her kindergarten class, so please go listen. But today, we are thankful you've joined us in Victoria, British Columbia. I was just listening to a Jim Gaffigan uh, bit that said, uh, British Columbia is not very British and it's not very Colombian, so he's a little confused by the name. But anyway, we're going to call ourselves a raft. I think a Victorian raft. Does that sound right? Victorian? Yes, that sounds very right. I think that's my first correct one. So that's exciting. And to get to know our Victorian raft, we're going to start our podcast out with the name segment. My name is Jeremy Horlings from the Prairie Center for Christian Education, or PCCE. And alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia, or SCSBC, is Mr. Driving Home in His Underwear, Darren Speaksma. Hey, raft. Hey, Hey, Darren. Darren. Darren, the prompt today is what is something about yourself that would surprise the people that know you, or at least, you know, maybe surprise the raft here today? Other than the fact that I don't think I'm the only one that's ever been in a situation where they've had to drive home in their okay. underwear. So I, I do struggle a little bit with the, you know, the <laughs> insinuation in your introduction. But that being said, um, one thing that would surprise people, I'm assuming, would be um, I had a crush on the same girl the, my entire duration of high school, Oof. and including wow. when she ended up in the hospital one summer, I would drive an hour and a half, hour one way, every night after working on the farm all day, just so I could spend 15 or 20 minutes with her in the hospital room, because I was sure... She would find her way to love me back if I dedicated all that time. Didn't work out that way, but that was uh, that worked out well for me because, as I've said before, I've married a saint, um, so uh, that worked out. But at the time, that was that was the plan. If you you spend enough time with someone, they're bound to love you. Well. Darren, is that was last day's uh, episode a prequel to this? Like, was the poop story and you getting, and then you said you had to get home and clean up so you could go spend 100%. some time with yes. a, a lady friend? Was exact- that a prequel? Okay. Yes. That is wow. exactly, that's the are, same. Those stories are interconnected. Getting, and she, wow, we're getting a <laughs> well, look behind the curtains here. She loved the Smarties uh, McFlurry. 
So every night I would swing through the drive through and pick up a Smarty McFlurry for weeks on end. Every night, buzz up there, get a Smarty's McFlurry, bring it to her in her, ho- in her hospital room, and, uh, and then do the drive home. And then be back on the farm at 5 a.m. Darren, I would have been. I would have been in. I'm like, yeah, I'm that's sold. impressive. <laughs> I know. Wow. You had Shout me at Smarties. <laughs> Shout out to Smarty McFlurry girl. And sounds like a win-win. <laughs> Take that however you want. Um, all right. From advance in Eastern Canada, we have a guy who can't shake Mr. Kersey's pulling a struggling calf from his mother with a chain and a winch. That's Justin Cook. It's true. Hey, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. Beautiful. Uh, what is something, <laughs> Justin, that would surprise the people that know you or at least our group? Well, I was going to say I'm a hopeless romantic, but obviously that's <laughs> off the table. Yeah, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I um, I don't know. Guys, do you know, um, and Laura, do you know uh, you. That, that I have a tattoo? <gasps> no. No. Fun. Tell us about the tattoo, Justin. Yeah. Is it of a McFlurry, a Smarty McFlurry? I told you, you had me at Smarties. It's just a bunch of Smarties. <laughs> that would be a crazy connection. <laughs> I don't want to see that age. Yeah, it's, it gets saggy. Okay, uh, so no, it's it's an ichthys fish. It's a Christian ichthys, just a Yes, exactly, classic. So it was, uh, I think, third year university, maybe third year university, myself and two other guys made the decision we we're going to get ichthys fish tattoos on our upper left shoulders and that's what we did so wow i'm tattooed amazing that's where yeah. i was picturing where i was going to be yeah i want you to know that <laughs> yeah. it's all left part shoulder. of the image oh nice that's it <laughs> right there yeah ages <laughs> mm. uh Thanks, Justin. As we heard off the top, we are honored. And as we hear chiming in, to be welcomed virtually into Pacific Christian School by Laura Rand. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Laura. Um, we don't know a whole lot about you. So you you have a you know maybe a lot of ways you could go with this, but maybe you could tell us something that might surprise us or even the listeners that might know you about you. Well, I mean, you can't see me, but I feel like I don't look as hardcore as I used to be because I was a tree planter. Um, and that's what paid for the majority of my university degree, at least the first one. And, um, I don't know if it's probably not impressive if you don't know about tree planting, but it's basically, you live in the sticks, no Wi-Fi, 60 dudes. My first season, (laughs) there was 12 women. I was quite proud of that. We pretended Mm. like we were going to make ourselves a calendar. Um, and yeah, you (laughs) plant a bunch of trees and, you know, you hope some of them grow and, um, you get paid per tree. So you got to hustle. There's no sitting on your buns. If you want to actually pay for school, you got to hustle and you get a six pack. It's kind of fun. (laughs) That's a win-win for sure. Yeah. You get nice (laughs) shoulders, a six pack, and Uh, then you come home and your mom thinks you're malnourished. It's really fun. hmm. Did you duct tape your... Duct tape your fingers. Uh, was that part yes. of? Yes. Uh, well, if your gloves rip, you got to duct tape right. the tips. Otherwise, right. the dirt gets in your nails. And it hurts. Right. And it's right. like you know, of mm. all the things that bother you in a day, that one would just. Ugh, it's the worst. Any, any black fly strategies? Uh, yeah. Just, 
eat them or no, what, what was you your, just, what? I did wake up, we call it bug face and you wake up and your face is so swollen. You can't open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only had that in one time, one eye. So it was okay. I could still maneuver. And then, right, you, you know, sometimes, eye. yeah, you got one. Whew. Um, sometimes you play a game of like, who is that? Because their face is so swollen. You can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. And then, oh, okay, this is my last story I'll say. We had one season that I was up there, 12 straight days of rain. It never stops. You go to sleep, your tent's wet. You wake up, you put on wet socks, wet boots. We did that for 12 days. Oof. And I saw a grown man cry, but you couldn't even tell it was raining. <laughs> so it was like, it didn't matter. <laughs> and it was everything molded. I think I went up with like a backpack for all my gear and it molded. All my books molded. It was just, whew, that was a hard one. Yeah. And then I went back for next See, year. Yeah. And, and probably appreciate teaching a little bit more after it's easier jobs like this. In yeah. some ways. Not every way. day. That's right. In some ways. <laughs> Not uh, every you, day. You said up there, I'm uh, curious, in northern BC or wh- where were you tree planting? Yeah, like Prince George area. That yeah. was kind of our main base. And then we'd move out from there. I was in Alberta for a little bit. Hmm. Hinton? Okay. Hilton? Hinton? Yeah, Alberta? Hinton. Yeah, that's a place. Yep. That's a place I've been. There's, there's Hiltons in Hinton. Right. Yeah, yeah. We didn't go there. They don't okay. let you in if you're no. a tree planter. No, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up in Smithers, BC. That's what I was asking because we would get tree <gasps> planters. Love- yeah. So we yes. get tree planters coming in for this. Yeah. I did my final practicum up in Smithers. It's oh, right on. piece of my heart up there. I absolutely love the valley. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I did tree planting for like a, I don't know, a gems and cadets, like Calvinette's uh, church type of fundraiser thing. And it was probably two hours in an afternoon. I was like, I'm done with this. So (laughs) all the power to you. That is, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. My, um, my thing that might surprise you is, uh, I, I kind of get deemed probably, you know, with people around me that are into sports, uh, what might fit, you know, it going through high school, maybe the jock mold. However, I went to the science fair nationals in like Ooh. grade eight or nine. Yeah. So me and my buddy, we did a project that was testing how oil antifreeze gasoline affects plant growth. Cause he was a farmer. So we did a ton of, we had just a ton of data. We, we did a ton of little plants and added different, percentages of antifreeze and oil and gasoline and and so uh regionally we won i don't remember provincially but we went straight to nationals and i ended i didn't end up going and the reason i didn't end up going because i i I was in i was also in choir and it it was a choir tour time and to be frank there was probably more girls uh like this the the smarty mcflurry story i was i was probably more interested in the band and choir tour than the science fair national so my buddy went to science fair nationals and he, I remember him saying, like, there were literally people with robots, and I'm sitting there with plants, <laughs> and, you know, like, we just felt so outmatched. But we got wined and dined, so I missed that. But then BC held um, all the representatives, got flown down to Vancouver, and I got in a limo, and we got put up in a hotel, and we got to sit around a table with people that were actually, like, organizations that probably need actual real legit scientists and they would ask us questions and i'm so curious to hear those conversations now because i <laughs> would have felt probably like a fish out of, and these probably guys would have been like two minutes in like maybe let's just talk sports or something because this guy is he's not going to bring our organization to the next level <laughs> um but it was an amazing experience so science for nice. nationals wow. uh for the second half of our opening square we have our host 
choose from a variety of segments that all rhyme with AIM. If you remember last time, we shared some recommendations in our inaugural acclaim segment. But today, Laura has chosen the segment. Laura, drumroll. Shame. Woo. Bam. Right. So shame means an embarrassing educational moment, uh, maybe as a teacher or a student. And I'll, I'll maybe start this off because uh, this one actually brought me, I don't know, shame or guilt maybe was maybe the, the better word. I, I was a grade seven teacher and I was doing a unit on advertisements and critiquing advertisements. So in our health media class. And so we would have a way of look, you know, looking at ad- advertisement and looking for themes, looking for ways in which uh, either the advertisement deceives or persuades people into buying their their product. And uh, so I had looked through a ton of advertisements to kind of pick through and choose the prop- the right ones for my students. And, you know, sometimes class goes a little faster than you thought. So we were done, kind of everything I'd planned. And I thought, well, we have about five more minutes. And okay, there's a you know funny advertisement here on YouTube that's next up that I'm pretty certain I've watched. Like the thumbnail looks like one I've watched. Mm-hmm. So I click on that little guy and mm. it start playing and I, I should have stopped it right away. Cause I should have realized right away. <laughs> I hadn't watched this guy before. And, uh, what happens is this, 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 this boy gets into the back of a car and the music starts playing in English. It's a, it's a pretty, I would say a, like a rap song and it's quite vulgar. Okay. And, uh, and so I'm already a little tense. So I've got my finger on the mouse, like, oh shoot, like this might be trouble. But words came out of that rap song that <laughs> would, that no child in grade seven, I'm certain, would have heard before. And I hadn't heard at as 27, 28 year old. And I quickly scrambled to stop it. And it wasn't one of those like playing in the background. Like we were focusing on critiquing, right? So <laughs> it was that horrible moment of like, did they hear like, it, it, you know, a rap song can be fast. So maybe they, you know, but I went to the front <laughs> and I just was like, honestly, I, I felt sick to my stomach. I stood in front of my students and was like, I am just so sorry. Um, and I, I, it was the end of the day. And I remember thinking, like, how long do I wait for parents to tell my principal or for my principal to come in or parents? And I just, like, I remember waiting like weeks. And I think not, at, two reasons why I don't think I heard back from anybody is because one, the next morning I started off again by just like, just heartfelt apology to my, like, I just felt so bad for them. And I think they knew that I felt bad. But second of all, I think it was so vulgar that I don't think they could tell their parents. <laughs> like, I think they were just like, how do I say that? To my parents. So I, I did go back and find out like, what was this ad about? And basically it was an ad in the, in Europe to learn, to learn English. And because the parents were bopping along to the song when this boy got in the back of the vehicle and they were just bopping along to the song, not knowing what the song was saying because <laughs> yes, they didn't know English. So anyway, embarrassing slash, uh, just absolutely guilt ridden. And I, I, this is one of those things I tell student teachers, like, like make sure you preview everything you watch with your students. And, uh, that was my, that was for sure my worst uh, moment. I, I can't even repeat it for adult consumption here. So, so Jeremy, when you saw European commercial, you're like, I'm sure it's fine. Wow. That's just I, like- yeah. <laughs> Next up looks funny. I'm pretty sure I've watched it. <laughs> How bad could this be? Um, yeah. So, uh, Laura, 
you got uh, an embarrassing teacher story? You you brought you gave us this you know segment. So I'm a whole I'm I'm anticipating you've got something. I do, sadly, but I also love laughing at people. So that was part of the reason why mm-hmm. I chose it. It seems to be the humor. reason why. Yeah, that seems to be the reason why our laugh. guests choose this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I um I love using humor in my classroom. Like I said, love a laugh. You know, it diffuses tension. One of my students had done something that I wish they had not done. And I was going to say, you're so silly. But instead, I teach, you know, this is grade one. I said, you're so stupid. And I just, you know, like panicked. I just tore this little person in half emotionally. And I was like, no, I don't even know what that word means. Like I just, I just blurted out all these things to try to cover it. And she was just looking at me with her little blue eyes of like, why did you say that? And I was like, I didn't mean it. You're amazing. You're so smart. I would never say stupid to anyone. And that was so mean. And I just, and then I just walked away and I just was like, okay, I dug this hole. That's all I have to do here. Mm. And she never brought it up again, which Mm. I have had students bring things up when I was like, Oh, that hurt your feelings. I had no idea. Sorry. But this, mm -mm. no, we never talked about it again. I think I tried the next day to be like, remember when I made that mistake and forgiveness is such a good thing. (laughs) I didn't mean it. I really didn't mean it. And, you know, that was it. I just had to lay it to rest. And I still, uh, regrets, so many regrets. Laura, how, how many years till that student might be a teacher? Cause I can imagine them coming on our podcast yeah. and saying, yeah. you know, there was this teacher, you know, that called <laughs> know. me stupid oh, yes. and that was a turning point for like, I came, I became a teacher to prove like what bad. Well, I guess you got like 18 years. So 18 years? Okay. Keep up well, the good work, guys. Run. Yeah, that's a <laughs> You long need some run. content. Grade yeah. one. That's a long time. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Justin, what you got? Yeah. So uh, join me in my little walk of shame back to grade five. So I, I'm actually going to take us back onto uh, the Kersey's farm. Remember, oh, uh, my, love my best friend farm. given to me was Brian and, and we were doing Brian's paper route. And, you know, paper, doing papers with your buddy is boring, right? You just like, you're walking around. It's like, it's got to be done. No big deal. It was winter. And I'm pretty sure this was his idea, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. But interesting. The bus was coming. We were in the front yard and the bus was coming. And one of us, probably Brian said, let's throw snowballs at the bus. So I was like, yeah, now we're spicing up the paper route. Here we go. <laughs> so. We bend down. We both make snowballs. And right as the bus is arriving, I hear, no, don't. She's on my route. And I'm like, too late, man. I am so committed to this snowball. I throw the snowball, and I'm so excited. I throw pretty early, and it, bam, right off the front windshield. Oh, no. I I lambaste this bus with an awesome snowball (laughs) right in the front windshield. Bus screeches to a halt. Brian's like, run. So we run behind the house and we hide behind some stranger's house while Brian is, she's like yelling at Brian. I know it's you, Brian Curses. Oh, no. (laughs) So we get home to the farm and Brian's mom meets us at the door. I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. She's like, you guys were doing more than the papers on the paper room, weren't you? (laughs) So 
she is an amazing woman. So I feel horrible for Mrs. Kirsty getting in trouble at your friend's house. Yeah. That's horrible, right? That is shame. Next day at school, the principal comes <laughs> into the classroom and lays into me in front of the entire classroom <laughs> for hitting a, a bus with a snowball. I'm like, how the heck did you know? <laughs> Small town. So apparently, apparently the, somehow it got back to my school and I got in such big trouble. I had to write a note, a letter, mm-hmm. yeah. a letter, yeah. gave it to Mr. Holtink. Yeah. I don't think it was ever sent because I was just like, what's going to happen? I, I For about a month or so, I was basically uh, in panic mode because I thought I was going to you know, go to jail or something. <laughs> One little I, snowball. I, every time you tell a Brian story, I, I, like, I cannot imagine him being the one that came up with the idea because he just sounds like a saint. Like this Brian guy. So I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty yeah. sure it's like, you know, buried deep in my shame. This, yeah, it's like I a shame was, blame. Yeah. <laughs> Justin's idea. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Uh, Darren, uh, I'm no, are you out of uh, embarrassing stories or? If only, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go back to an educational moment. It was like grade nine, grade 10, grade 11, somewhere in there. I know it wasn't grade 12, and I think you'll know why. I can't remember what year it was of high school, but we used to go, an entire high school would go camping every September for a few days, and so you can imagine 150 or so um, high school kids out camping for a few days as part of you know, culture forming and community and all that jazz as a kid and one of the great games of course was ghost in the graveyard where you're sneaking around in the dark until you can find the ghost and then you got to run back and get tagged that sort of thing classic and we had one session i was like i loved games as a teen and i was all in all the time and this one session where the ghost was hidden very very well and people were all chickening out and that sort of thing so i was like fine i'm gonna be the brave young man the brave young soldier and step in there and I found the ghost yelled the ghost in the graveyard and started running. And I looked up just in time to see the biggest Douglas fir tree that I remember in my entire life to the point where my only vision was the grain. Like I can still see the, the knotted sort of bark of a, of a Douglas fir. And I ran Faced first into this Douglas fir tree, full sprint, rendered myself unconscious. And but this was before uh, concussion protocol. Oh, yeah. So when yeah. when I did come to, it was like, <laughs> what game are we playing? <laughs> like it is. How did that work out? It was. Uh, so yes, broke my glasses. The oh, whole yeah. works. It was uh, one of those moments where, as a ninth, tenth, or eleventh grader, um, that's one you don't live down. For a while. No, no. Uh, Tree uh, one, blood. Douglas fir number one, Darren zero. Yeah. <laughs> Negative one, actually, maybe. <laughs> I want to know how your nose was after that. What color was it? Yeah, that's a good question. It was, uh, my face was pretty, pretty beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, was, was Smarty Girl there? I was going to ask <gasps> if she good brought question. you McFlurries. That is a good question. There was no McFlurry. There was no exchange of McFlurries. I'm sure she was Unbelievable. there. Unbelievable. But I think she was in love with someone else, man. Oh, it was yeah, one of those situations. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I, I'm so excited as this podcast continues to fall, continue to follow this storyline, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, maybe we can get an email sent in from uh, McFlurry Girl. So, listeners, uh, we would love for you to share a teacher fail or maybe a student fail. Uh, so, tweet us at Every Square Centimeter or message us on Instagram. Uh, a reminder, we love listener responses. And we have another Campfire Conversation episode coming up at the end of this season. So, please send us in some uh, some of your stories, uh, some ideas, um, so we can uh, interact with that. A spoiler alert, um, we got our first Apple podcast review. Yeah, Ooh. exciting. Ooh. I know, exciting. Jeremy, it's what you've been dreaming of I know, for two I know, I know. And it's from a mysterious name, Gail M. So I, I, I have no <laughs> idea who that could be, but super exciting. Um, and we're going to transition now from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn a little about, about places in Canada. Really, we're celebrating people and practicing in Christian education. It's what we do. Here's a word from our sponsor. My name is Michelle Huda, and I am an ESL teacher at Trinity Christian School in Burlington, Ontario. Last year, we were in our third lockdown, looking for a way to keep our classes physically active, emotionally engaged, and spirit-filled. We found what we were searching for in Edgedale Go School Edition. Staff and students easily navigated the program's comprehensive online platform tracking our fitness accomplishments and donations, all the while expanding our knowledge about girls' education in the Dominican Republic and Zambia. We were overjoyed to know the real-world impact we were having on something we believe in, which is giving generously and furthering Christ-centered education around the world. If you are interested in participating in Edgedale Go School Edition this year, please contact Lori Koning by emailing schools at edgedale.com. As we heard off the top, Laura teaches at Pacific Christian School in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Justin, can you tell us a little bit about Victoria? You bet. Laura, I think this is the first time I found a land acknowledgement directly on a Christian school website, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. And here it is. While PCS has existed in Victoria for over 60 years, we acknowledge that the land on which we live, work, and play today is the traditional unceded Coast Salish territory of the Lekwungen and Wasainik peoples who have inhabited and cared for this land for thousands of years. The Lekwungen peoples are also referred to as the Songhees or Songish First Nation. Team, it was in the late 1700s that European colonizers from Spain and Britain started arriving in the Salish Sea area around the southern tip of Vancouver Island. The Hudson Bay Company, who else, wanted to establish a trading post at the tip of the island, and it was called Fort Victoria. However, because the southern tip of Vancouver Island's below the 49th, there was concern that the post might fall into American hands as part of the Oregon boundary dispute. Mm -hmm. What's the dispute, you might wonder? Well, I think it's pretty fascinating. The Brits were pushing for the boundary to be the 42nd parallel, which is now the border between Oregon and California. That's quite the dip down wow. there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And some Americans were pushing for the boundary to be the 54th parallel in 40 minutes. No idea what the 40 minutes is like, whether that's like, you know, train time or I don't know what that is. But anyway, better we do known have, as we, we, have, we do have a resident geographer, um, <laughs> Darren. No. OK, sorry. No, just checking in, Darren, yeah. if mm -hmm. you interrupt. If, 
So, but the 54th 40 is better known as, as I just said it, the 5440. Uh, any fans of the band out there? 5440? Oh, anymore? yeah. That's, totally. that's where it got the name. So the 5440 boundary is just below the southern tip of Alaska. So quite a huge region of the West Coast was being debated there. In the end, as we know, the 49th became the borderline with all of Vancouver Island staying in Canada. And keep in mind, of course, that the Wulukwungan and Wasainic peoples had been in the Victoria area for centuries before the colonizers started fighting over the land back in the 1800s. Today, Victoria is an amazing harbor town that retains much of its British influence architecturally, the British uh, Provincial Parliament buildings and the much-loved Empress Hotel. Anybody ever walked? Have, Laura, have you been inside the Empress at all? Yeah, they used to have pretty Christmas trees. And oh, I would go nice. see those, but that's, you know, I don't stay there. I have a house. That's true. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a little, cool. it's a little redundant to stay yeah. at the Empress for you. Yeah. Little known fact, uh, the Empress was almost torn down in 1965. Ooh, so I didn't know that. Quite something. Yeah. Victoria is also known as the garden city, especially for the pristine butchered gardens. There's a paradox here though. The butchered family, which by the way, still owns the gardens. They created the gardens. They came to Victoria for limestone as part of their manufacturing empire. Guess what they wanted to, they, they made, how they made their money? Making cement. So isn't it kind of oh, odd? You know, is. you're famous for wow. making cement and yet you've created the butchered gardens. Yeah. It was Jenny, the, the, the wife of the butchered dynasty who actually after the limestone was completely quarried, started uh, transitioning to gardening in her area. Quite something. One last thing I want to highlight: Darren and I uh, uh, love Victoria for its sense of fashion. Both of us have uh, bought recycled wool shirts mm. from our favorite clothing store yes. in Canada called Anion. Am I saying that right? Uh, you yeah, are. you are. And yes, keep going. Preach. Okay. Anytime someone tells me that there's a shirt that I can legit wear every day, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So I joined Darren. I bought a shirt. Victorian wool tops Paris and Rome for fashion in my books. That is Victoria. Wow. Laura, how did you end up in Victoria? Born and raised. The Lord brought me here and he won't let me leave. I've tried. Always brings me back. Or maybe tell us a little bit about uh, Pacific Christian School. It is a, um, I like to think we're a humble school. You know, we're not super flashy. That's my kind of people though. But we have a great story. I had the privilege of working alongside in a job share two years ago now with a woman who had been there since the beginning. She met her husband Mm. and they were both in their elementary school class where they would have church there on Sunday and then they'd put up the divider wall for Monday. um, And that's where school would be. And she was a student and then um, worked there for 23 years later in her life. So it's just this amazing community with this fantastic history of um, of community and of loving the Lord deeply. So I've always really admired that about the school. You know, it's not a Christian bookend kind of school. Like we have it in our roots, which I really appreciate. And everyone knows everyone. It teaches you how to be holy because you cannot say a bad thing about someone because that's someone's cousin or that's someone's goddaughter or something and you get in trouble. So you got to be a good person, especially in the staff room, because, yeah. oh, yeah, that's my cousin once removed or, blah, you know, 
if they're Dutch, they all know each other. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's great, Laura. Um, not every school has on their website uh, what I'll call a statement of reconciliation. Do you mm. like you were? You're obviously. I know not everyone gets to see it, but you were proud of Justin mentioning that. Do you know a little bit about that story and how your school came to be a place where they're willing to acknowledge uh, the ancestral territory? I think. You know, I don't know the super details um, of our school itself, but I think having the university so close by Mm. and um, having a lot of our teachers go through the UVic program in fairly recent history, like we have younger teachers coming in or recently certified teachers coming in and UVic being so vocal in reconciliation and educating and um, just sharing the knowledge of our first peoples, it felt almost like it, it, I would have liked it sooner personally, because I think as educators, I have, you know, I teach the curriculum and the Mm -hmm. curriculum asks us to know our land and where we learn and why it's important to be where we are. So just making those connections, I was, when we, we just got it painted in our, um, both the elementary office and the high school office now have a wall painted with our territorial agreement. What's the name again? For acknowledgement, maybe? Territorial acknowledgement. And I'm just really proud of that. I think Mm -hmm. that's something that, you know, we have a God who loves reconciliation. And if we can be a part of that journey, what a better way to be an example of Christ. Awesome. So you, you talk about that. Um, what about on your walls? Like you've talked about sort of what's on the walls as you're in your offices, but what about let's move to your classroom? What, uh, what will we see on your walls in your classroom? You know, I, I like this question a lot because you probably won't see a lot. <laughs> I, um, I teach grade one and we are a easily stimulated age group. And I am a huge advocate of being very intentional about what goes up in our space that we share together. So, you know, I don't have very manicured um, space. I don't put extra colors in wherever there is colors. I try to be really minimal and um, not, you know, not ugly. I do believe in a beautiful space, but you'll see like cool sticks that we've collected and you'll see, um, art that we created together as a class and not something that maybe I purchased online or something like that. Like I really, I keep it bare and I tell the kids, we're going to decorate this classroom together throughout this year. And then we, we bring in stuff and we collect and, and it's usually green, brown, or yellow. (laughs) Uh, I'm inspired by that for two reasons. One is just, um, uh, kind of a Reggio ap- approach, Reggio mm. Amelia. And so just the bringing the natural environment in and avoiding plastics and, and kind of superficial Shutters. colors. I love that. But I also, our friend, Stephen Levy, I don't know if you know, Stephen Levy, Laurie's an educator friend for the three of us. And he describes it this way. Why would you go to a store and buy something that you can get anywhere, any anywhere in the world and put something bland and generic up in your classroom when you have these unique image bearers and they have their own particular gifts and products that you can highlight with them. Why would you sell out your wall space for some generic commercially bought product 
when you have kids ready to share what they've done. And I just think you're Im- you're embodying that perfectly. You described it better than he would. I think it's amazing. I think, and Stephen, I think, uh, starts his class year off with nothing on the wall, right? Everything that goes up is mm-hmm. student made. So it's mm-hmm. a, but that takes a lot of confidence in, uh, you know, I could imagine that first parent coming in and going, uh, is somebody teaching this class? So yeah, that's why COVID's mm-hmm. so great. They don't come yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, what I love about this story is I know for a fact that Stephen's coming to spend a day at Pacific Christian School, uh, in the near future. Fun. Um, so I think the end of the month. So I think that'll be a fun uh, opportunity for you to connect with this yes. uh, kindred spirit who also is a stranger at this point, but, uh, we got to tip him off that he's got to go visit Laura. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'm writing and it down. Just, just, just ask him, Laura, just say, Hey, by the way, what do you think teachers should put on their walls? And, <laughs> and, uh, and then just say, Hey, come with me for a second. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. Come see my walls. Yeah, what, a, what, a, what an invitation. He would Ooh. love that. Come he see would. my walls. He'd yes. be like, yes. Nice. And, and Joanna's wife's coming too. And oh. they, she also will very much appreciate. Is Absolutely. this for the pro D? Yes, after Easter? I, yeah. I'm making connections. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Love that. Steven, come look at my walls. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, um, one of the questions that uh, you you pulled, we we actually have a bank of questions for for our guests to kind of choose from, and I love that you pulled this one because I don't know if we've had it before. What is something that you had to do at school that you would never ask students to do now? Okay, I get sweaty palms still mm-hmm. just thinking about this. I uh, I should preface: I was diagnosed with dyslexia in grade seven, so I was late mm-hmm. to the party of usual learning um, like uh, needs, you know. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a long haul before I got a little title. And even, you know, just in the past 15 years, education's changed a lot. So yeah. once I had the title, it didn't really change much regardless. Anyways, I do not have any kids, unless they volunteer, read out loud in our class. They read one-on-one to me, but they don't read in front of the class. I guess it's, mm-hmm. I should clarify. Because it is, I do need to hear them read. It's grade one. It's yeah. the foundation of reading. Is It's an epic year. But um, when I have my student of the week, they can bring in the book that they love the most and they can either choose to read part of the book aloud because some kids do love to share that skill and I don't want to hinder them from sharing that. Or I read for them their favorite section or the whole book, depending on the book. And there's no judgment either way. I always tell the kids, it does not matter to me. I want you to feel like, you're sharing something you love and you can choose the avenue to choose to do that in. So mm. I don't have my kids read in front of the class. Mm. I like the way you describe that, Laura. I mean, there's a whole, you know, yeah, whole experience of years of baggage there or difficulty there, but it was a long haul before I got a little title is the mm. way you just described that. And, mm-hmm. um, um, Yeah just appreciate the way you're kind of playfully using language to talk about something pretty significant. Hey, Laura, every episode, we just invite you to think about, you know, what's the the plot of the story that we're going to unpack together, or what's the practice or the core area that you really want to dive into? How would you describe for us what the focus of our conversation is about today for you as a teacher? Um, something I'm super passionate about is being Ms. Rand's Rangers. And that whole theme is um, just intentionally building community and character in the primary classroom and how I absolutely love that. And I think it is essential 
and super fun for an educator. Mm. So dive into that a little deeper. What What's a ranger? Tell me, like, I, I want to be a ranger, but what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I think it all started, okay, well, it actually started when I was at the teacher store here in Victoria. I love them. They're, the, they're amazing. And I was in the discount section because first you're a teacher and you're like, oh, this is expensive. Mm. So um, discount section. And I found this little banister that said Ranger of the Week. It was brown, green, and yellow. Those are my colors. Mm. And I was like, oh, Ranger of the Week. Okay, I could get behind this. And then I think it was my now principal that was like, Ms. Rand's Rangers. And I was like, this is it. This is gold. Because I wanted to be intentional about building community and I needed something Mm -hmm. to pin it on. And I know our school has great values. You know, we talk about how we race together and that's this acronym that enforces great character ideas and it's, it's awesome. But I just need something that a six-year-old could grab onto something that they could picture and want to be like. And, um, of course Jesus is amazing and I could totally do that. And maybe Mm. Jesus would want to be a ranger too. That's kind of my jam. (laughs) (laughs) I think he approves of the rangers. Um, clearly because you got a guitar, uh, for for your love for Jesus. (laughs) Jesus music. Um, so it's this idea that we are leaders and then I show the kids what a ranger looks like, which actually in BC, it's really hard to find pictures of a park ranger. I was recently in Joshua tree national park and mm. I chickened out. I wanted to get a picture of this really cute guy who's this little ranger hat, you know, <laughs> the, uh, all the stuff on a little badge. And, um, I'm sure as an employee, he probably didn't want to hear that, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to find kind of the image here in Canada, mm. or at least in BC. So, um, Rangers are leaders. We look after and protect our environment. And that's a huge part of my philosophy as a human. And I just couldn't remove that from my teaching practice. I just, um, I felt like it was like, you know, you got to bring your passions in. Right. And mm. um, we look after one another. We, you know, I teach all my kids to leave no trace principles and we go on mm-hmm. nature walks every week because we're the Rangers. We got to be out in nature. That's our job. Mm. And we look after each other and we are, I think, you know, I don't say it explicitly, but we're self-controlled because we're leaders. We're patient because we're leaders. And, you know, I don't know if this is always a great idea, but sometimes I'll be like, Hey, those kids aren't the Rangers. They, we don't, we don't do that because they're not Rangers. We act like Rangers and Mm. it's amazing. These tiny kids are like, Oh, okay. And it's like eyes on me. If I say, Hey, Rangers, they're like, they're on it. And I just, it's just tangible. And I love mm-hmm. that. It's very concrete. It's mm. so good. Darren, do you have a ranger outfit? I do not have a ranger outfit. I would say I'm as committed as Laura is to the environment, as you guys have heard on this podcast ahead of uh, totally. earlier episodes. But um, obviously, Laura, this is not sort of the same school experience you had, or maybe it's not obvious, but I'm assuming I'm making some assumptions. I know you're a lot younger than I am, but what you're describing is not the experience I had. Mm -hmm. Um, And what do you hope? Like we all sort of go through an experience and then respond to it as educators. And some of that response is here are things we love. Other Mm. parts are here are things we don't love. What's something you, you hope to change for your students in their school experience? Well, I think 
bringing it back to the Rangers, I was told multiple times in my education experience that I was in the worst class my teachers had ever seen. And, Mm. you know, I was chatty, but I don't think I contributed to the overall (laughs) negative experience. (laughs) You know, like I was a pretty decent kid. I had a hard time reading, but, and I loved chatting. So I made up for it. You're not, you're not out here throwing snowballs at bus windows. No, never. <laughs> I would be rolling my eyes at a boy doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not ranger material. No, yeah. no, no. Not yet. Don't worry. There's oh, space nice. to grow. Yes. There's space. <laughs> that is yes. not ranger material. <laughs> someday, though. Someday. I have maybe said that to my students before. Are we acting like rangers right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I just remember getting that label. And, you know, like I've, I've probably had similar thoughts as an educator now on a bad day, but hearing that you live it out, once you've put that over you, Hmm. why try harder? You're not going to break through the stigma that's put around you and you're, you're not one of the bad kids or whatever that educator was trying to get across. You know, even if the teacher says, now some of you aren't involved and you know who you are. Even as a tiny person, you're like, oh, I, I might have lied yesterday. I think I'm a bad kid too. Mm. You know, you just don't have that rational or that logical processing. So mm. I think what I wanted was a tangible expectation because I was labeled in a bad class, a bad grade, and I mm. didn't actually know what being good meant. Um, mm. It felt like it changed for every teacher. So some teachers loved the fact I was chatty. Some teachers didn't love the fact that I was chatty. Like, you know, it's just, I needed something very tangible to, okay, I need to be like this to be a good student. And so when I have six and seven year olds, I wanted something very tangible. Okay. Here's your goal to achieve. And this is success. And that was the Rangers. Uh, so making a bit of a, a transition then. So you've got this ideal, you talked about the Rangers as, a, as the ideal, what kind of competing stories uh, uh, get in the way of, of what you're trying to pursue? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, putting the time and energy to launch something like this can feel like it's not worth it, you know, like, mm. but I'm already doing this for my kids and I'm already working on this pedagogical aspect of my teaching and I'm trying to master this and my assessment's not good enough. And, you know, you have all these scripts that you give yourself of not being enough. So why would I start something that seems, um, silly in some ways, you know, a ranger Hmm. isn't, it doesn't embody the whole curriculum, you know? Um, but it is something that when I, pushed and pursued it, especially the first year I launched the Rangers, I was doing a a split class, a combo class. And I didn't want my students to know at the end of the year, my goal was to not have students know who was in grade one and who was in grade two. Mm. I wanted my kids to know that we were learning together and we were learning at, well, we were learning from where we needed to learn from. And so, Mm. um, it was just hard at the beginning because there's so much to cover in a split class. And Mm. it was also my first year with my own class. So my name was on the door. I took the split and it was a bit overwhelming, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to do the Rangers and I'm going to do that super well. And Lord, may you bless us. You know, like I may (laughs) not master anything else in this year, 
Um, but may this be a group of kids who just stink and love school because that's what I can offer mm. them. And, you know, praise be, it worked out pretty good. I can't complain. I loved that mm. year. We were wild. We were nuts. We were happy. And I loved it. Awesome. Mm. So I'm going to kind of put two questions together here as we get to the, the end of our conversation. You, you, you're obviously pursuing an ideal, uh, an ideal in learning, an ideal in culture. And I'm, I'm going to make another assumption here that part of that's because Christ involved in your life and you see this, this vision for a future with your kids, even as, you know, five, six, seven-year-olds. Talk to us a little bit about that relationship between how Christ has impacted you and how you see that connecting to your personal, uh, the learn, the ideal learning experience. Right. Oh, there's a couple ways that, you know, comes into my brain, but I think my teaching experience is basically the Laura Rand experience. You know, I'm not a great actor. So the classroom that's created is basically, you know, an extension of my soul in some ways, which mm-hmm. is maybe a mm-hmm. little high stakes for, you know, depending on the dynamic in the classroom. But I think Jesus has made me better throughout my life. And I wanted to bring those best aspects into my classroom. And I also feel like he's put some things on my heart that I really believe are part of the Christian story. And, um, in small practices, like the leave no trace practices that we do. And another thing is we don't watch shows when we eat. Cause I want my kids to, to chat and, and know what it's like to eat alongside their peers. And, you know, on a once a week, we do watch a show and the ranger of the week gets to pick what we watch. You know, peep and chirp is always a really big hit. And I love <laughs> peep and chirp. <laughs> Quack is my favorite though. Um, But, you know, there's these little (laughs) practices that I really just, I live out in my own life. I don't like watching TV when I eat dinner with my husband because I want to hear about his day or I just want to sit in silence. Like, that's okay, too. And I tell my kids that all the Mm -hmm. time. If you want to play by yourself on the playground today, you may totally ask your friend to have some quiet time. And your friend can say, Mm -hmm. okay, they don't have to push you to playing another game with them because that's what they want, but they can respect that you are an introvert in an extroverted society and classroom. So Mm. take that time, play by yourself. That's totally great. I'm definitely trailing off, but I think um, what I'm trying to say is the impact that Christ has had in my life has directly impacted my teaching. And I think Mm. that is what created my dream classroom was these biblical practices that I live out in my own life. I was like, how can I inspire tinies with what God's inspired me with? So we get in the school bus and I have my bus license and uh, we go around town and I take six year olds up mountains and we do our best. And, you know, there's always some band-aids that got to come out because someone needed to learn not to run on wet rocks. And that's how the Lord teaches them. <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell them verbally, but it does not matter until it happens. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really fun. And I always apologize to everyone we pass on any trail. So sorry, we're interrupting your beautiful Friday afternoon. Um, as we're like, oh, I found moss. I love moss. 
this looks like boogers. And it's like just <laughs> yelling in this nice place. But um, so many times, A, I run into people who know PCS. They see our bus and they're like, oh, my grandkids go there or whatever, whatever. Or people just say thank you, that they they love our energy. And I'm like, okay, why don't you guys take a turn then? But <laughs> it's, um, I think that's kind of, I think I answered your question by the mm-hmm. end there. Oh, yeah, that was great. Great. Laura, is there anything that maybe we didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Uh, anything else that, yeah, you wanted to touch on? Maybe I sound a bit like a West Coast hippy-dippy, but I swear... You know, some, I don't always recycle. Okay. I just want to say that if I sound a little too earthy here, I wish I hadn't worn this green shirt. I, you know, I'm not an actual tree hugging person though. I do respect people who choose to do that, <laughs> but no, no more. I, all of my questions. These are great. These are great. Awesome. Uh, Donald Miller, um, has a book, a million miles in a thousand years and, uh, talks about the idea if we don't, um, give a role to play for students. They're going to choose their own story. And when you're the, I love the Rangers, you're choo- you're saying, here's a role we can play, right? Let's articulate. Here's a character you can play in this story, this God story. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's people over there playing a different story, like, you know, and different characters, but we're going to be this Ranger. St- like we're g- So I love that you're providing a role that they can play mm-hmm. and very, um, intentionally, uh, inviting him into a story that's that's peculiar, that's unique. So thank you uh, for doing that. We're going to transition mm-hmm. to something now that we call our celebration of learners. On the Every Square Centimeter website, we have an ever-growing gallery that we call our Celebration of Learners. It is so fun to see it getting populated with more wonderful people uh, that have joined us on our podcast. They've shared a bit of their journey and then they've had someone write something nice about them. And so today, the leadership team at Pacific Christian School, and I think specifically Heidi Young Thompson, uh, principal, has written a letter, Laura, for you. Darren, I think you you have it to read. Yes, I do. I've got a letter here from Heidi. When Laura first started working at PCS, she was also working part-time with the local school district. It didn't take long to realize that she was a teacher we would love to have stay on staff. And so I started putting on some quote unquote gentle pressure. I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about that maybe uh, for her to consider working full time at PCS when the opportunity arose. Laura is a gifted educator, the kind of teacher that when you observe her, you know, she is right where she is meant to be. She has a vibrant faith, and she has a deep desire to share that faith with her students and to help them grow into their own understanding of God. She does this in many ways, but it's her ability to make students feel like they belong, to make connections with them, and to build a sense of community that stands out the most to me. What I love in particular about Laura is that she never underestimates her students. Even though her students are just six, she sets high expectations for them but provides the necessary structures and supports for them to be successful. Laura is an integral part of our staff learning community, and it is a privilege to have her as a colleague, Heidi. Um, I'm a crier, but I'm glad <laughs> I kept it together for that. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. Laura, if uh, anyone wants to connect with you, how could they do that? Email, because, you know, I'm not great at 
responding back to texts, let's just say. So oh. definitely email <laughs> laura.ran at pacificchristian.ca. Yeah. <laughs> Seemed like a question mark on the end of that. No? Yeah, okay. maybe. <laughs> yeah. I usually ask uh, Sherilyn at the front desk of the school if I have it right. <laughs> She's my girl. Uh, Sherilyn, send us a, send us uh, an email yeah. with the correct <laughs> yeah. one, please. That'd be please great. Do. So, uh, listeners, we would love your involvement in our podcast as well. So, email us at every square centimeter. That's R E at the end at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Uh, we're continuing to try to uh, make this and continue to improve this, make it better. Uh, tell us about an educator we should celebrate or just fair, share a fun teacher antidote. And as I've mentioned before, I get pretty excited about rating, reviewing, and subscribing. So please send in a review. Rate us. Uh, last time we were at eight. Any guesses where we're at now, boys? Twelve. I know Gail is nine. Well, she wrote in a review, but apparently she had already rated us. We're still at eight. Uh, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> so, uh, trick question. Yeah, have not moved. Um, before we go... <laughs> Uh, I do want to thank Laura. Thank you so much for hosting our raft, uh, today. And I'm curious, uh, if anyone knows what group of animals form a raft. So Laura, maybe I'll give you first shot at this. I think it's otters, sea otters. Okay. Sea otters. Darren is nodding his head right now. So, uh, Darren, if sea otters is taken, or do you want to just double down on sea otters? I'll go river otter just in case you're, um, splitting hairs. Okay. Okay. Justin, uh, is there another type of otter you'd like to name? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do the land otter. <laughs> <laughs> also known as a daughter. <laughs> yeah, daughter otter. <laughs> yeah. It could be like the Rand uh, Ranger otter. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, it's 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 not. It is. Oh. Yeah, it is. I'm so confident. Yeah, it's a sea lion. Um, now, there could be that otters are as well. So I, I guess I should I should preface that that could be correct. I don't know that. Uh, but groups of sea lions have have many names depending on where they are. So if they're on land, they're a colony. If they're in the water, they're called a raft. If they're during breeding season, they're actually called a rookery. And if several females are in one male's territory, they're called a harem. Uh, so I th- I thought mm. I'd go with I thought it would be safe to go with raft uh, for our group. One thing I learned about sea lions is that they're very comfortable both in water and on land. And before I ask my question, I see Darren holding up like a, a fact checker here. Darren, you want to yes. jump in on? I on, went with the uh, the quick um, a Google fact check and I typed in, what do you call a group of otters? Me yeah. too. <laughs> a group of resting otters is called a raft. So a raft of otters resting in a group is how you would use that in a sentence. Uh, land otters land, as well yeah land otters is <laughs> it says land otters i assume yeah okay yeah, all that, otters apparently i think that's mine jeremy i'm pretty sure that one's mine. yeah i'll give the point to justin there <laughs> yeah thank um, you my my question for you is uh what are you just as comfortable doing in the water as you are on land so random question uh justin what do you got well is it really uh a sign of my character that peeing came to mind first. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I don't know. I've done a lot of backcountry canoeing, and it, you know, I, I'll just go with canoeing. I'm, yeah. I'm as good canoeing on water as I am canoeing on land. I'm, okay. I'm pretty positive. 
I, I thought you were going to connect the canoeing to peeing in the water. So, but okay, that's uh, excellent. Darren, <laughs> uh, do you have something you're just comfortable doing in the water as you are on land? I would say drinking a beverage of choice. I'm mm-hmm. happy to do that uh, on land, in water, in the air, even, in fact. <laughs> uh, but yes. You're so talented. Uh, wow. <laughs> that is with, talent. With um, consuming a beverage of choice. Wow. And, and Laura, what do you got? Well, um, my husband gave me this one, but apparently telling him what to do. It does not matter <laughs> if I'm on water or land. I'm really, I'm really good at it. Or in the air. <laughs> or in the air. I forgot to remind him that. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Laura, for, for joining us. Uh, Darren, Darren, can you uh, maybe send us off with a blessing? Sure. Uh, listeners, Laura, gentlemen, may God invite you to lean on him as you lean into a rhythm of work and rest. May God nurture your attentiveness for students, their cares, their hurts, and their celebrations. May you be a source of hope in a world that often seems hopeless, so that your enthusiasm for life and learning empowers students to see themselves as God's chosen and loved. And may your enthusiasm be a contagious connection to the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. Stay encouraged, educators. We want to thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.